Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and a great guest list today. All of them on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. They include in a half hour, Sean Payton, head coach, New Orleans Saints. Maybe just maybe right now, the best team in the NFL and maybe just maybe the most overlooked coach of the year candidate. This season, everyone talking coach of the year, everyone talking about Mike Tomlin. He deserves it. I was talking about Kevin Stefanski. He deserves it. Look what they do in New Orleans without their quarterback. They have a first ballot, big room Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees, who has been out for a total of eight games now over the last two seasons. They're eight and oh in those games. Spectacular coaching job by Peyton every year, and he just may have a Super Bowl team again this season so we'll talk with him about that and more when he joins us we begin with this i don't like to say i told you but i'm going to anyway i told you washington was going to beat pittsburgh yesterday and my favorite moment of the day was larry zonko who will join me later today toasting the defeat of the pittsburgh steelers the last unbeaten Lord bless him. The 72 Dolphins remain the only unbeaten team of the Super Bowl era. But I told you it would happen. It is not because I know how good Washington it is. It is not because I knew that Pittsburgh would be dropping passes like it was going out of style or they would abandon the running game or they would just flat look bad. I knew it because to overuse an expression that we generally use during political season, it's the schedule, stupid. As they say about the economy. It's the schedule. This thing was set up so unfairly for the Steelers that, as I told you multiple times, in any other year, I'd have been standing on a desk screaming this game should not be played. When all the Steelers were complaining last week about their setup against the Ravens, they were complaining about the wrong game. They and the Ravens, neither was at a disadvantage. Yesterday, the Steelers were at the greatest disadvantage of the last half century. The Steelers became the first team in the last 50 years to play a game on fewer than five days rest against a team on 10 days rest or more. If that doesn't matter, then everything we think we know about football matters. Do you think it's a coincidence that it was 14-0 and then 14-3 at the half? And then in the second half, Washington took the game over? Look how much better they looked in the second half. Because the Steelers are worn down, beaten down, playing on a short week, and Washington was playing with extra rest. That made all the difference in the game. The question is, what does this defeat mean to the Pittsburgh Steelers? And as only he can, head coach Mike Tomlin had this to say. Different points along the journey, you get a chance to learn about yourself, who you are, what you're made of individually and collectively. And it takes the journey to reveal that. And so, you know, um, we're faced with a loss now. So we'll get an opportunity to smile in the face of it. Two thoughts. A, I want that man motivating me every single day of my life. If there was some way, if if I could create a business, my business would be just to have Mike Tomlin call you when you're feeling a little down in the dumps and and make you feel better and express to you that the 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 thing is the thing. What are what is his expression again? The the standard is the standard and the thing is the thing and you got to focus on the stuff that actually matters. He's a fantastic coach. And in the long run this might wind up being good for them. If they were going to lose a game, this was the game to lose. It was an NFC opponent. The Chiefs' losses in the AFC. If these teams both wind up 15-1, and one, then it is Pittsburgh who will get the incredibly important number one seed. But the question is, can they win? Can they do anything of consequence if they just flat refuse to run the football? 
They've just stopped trying. Now, I know James Conner did not play either of their last two games. And maybe, just maybe, when he comes back healthy, that is completely different. But in his absence, they still have Snell, who's a decent player. They just haven't even tried. They are one-dimensional on a level that is really becoming disturbing. In fact, we will make this our fascinating stat for today, brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The Steelers rank 29th in the league in rushing. Up until yesterday, they were unbeaten. The teams behind them, ranked 30 through 32, are 11, 24, and 1. You're not supposed to be able to run the football this little, this badly, and still win much less win 11 out of 12. So I have to believe that's something they're going to have to change. The question is, can they win with no balance in their offense? I understand that Roethlisberger was standing back there and they did a good job. They were all over this on the telecast last night. Moose Johnston uh, was talking about it a lot. How he is, Ben is getting the ball out of his hands so quickly. It is such the opposite of what he was when he first came into the sport. A, he's a great player. But B, his getting it out that quickly, is it almost like an extended running game? And the answer is no. It is not. There has to be some balance. They will not go through the good teams they will face in the playoffs. Buffalo. Forget about Kansas City. Buffalo. Miami. All these other good teams. Colts. Titans. They're not beating them if they can't run the football at all. And that's not their only problem. As Greg McElroy pointed out on Get Up With Me this morning, and let's play that, Bubba, Greg McElroy said, there's a whole other thing they've got to get right if they're going to get anything done. The reality is it doesn't matter how much you're throwing it or running it. If your receivers aren't catching it, it doesn't make a difference because right now the Steelers lead the league in dropped passes. They have 31 drops. They had seven drops last night. That's the most by a Steelers team in 15 seasons. It's the most by any team in the NFL this year. And those 31 drops that I alluded to, the next closest team in the NFL has 21. They have to catch the football. If they're going to go to this short, quick passing game, you better be able to secure it because right now if they don't, they're really hurting themselves in a lot of different ways. That's obviously 100% right. And look, there are some times that a, snat will, a stat will sneak up on you. You'll hear a statistic and say, hmm, I didn't see that. I, I wouldn't have expected that to be the case. This one is as plain as the nose on your face. Can they catch the football? How many balls can Eric Ebron drop? I actually almost texted Ryan Clark last night after the third one. At what point does Tomlin have to take him off the field? He won't catch the ball. And it was killing them. So I don't know if that's a function of the schedule or being tired or lack of focus. I don't know what it is. But they need to catch the football for crying out loud as one who roots for them and likes them. That was very frustrating. The drops left and right. So the question is, are the Steelers who we thought they were? As we look at the big boy teams in the AFC, and we will get to Buffalo a little bit later in this hour, and their sensational quarterback, Josh Allen, who is playing literally as well as anyone, and a well-balanced, really good team that probably should have only two losses. I, they lost the one game on that miracle Hail Mary, the, the Kyler Murray to D-hop pass in the end zone of a couple of weeks ago. So they've been consistent and excellent all the way through. Indy has had moments where they've looked bad, but they're good. Tennessee has moments where they look terrible, but they're good. Cleveland, of course, has gotten whitewashed against Pittsburgh and Baltimore, but they're good. And the Chiefs are a whole other story. So what exactly are the Steelers going forward in the AFC? We'll talk about that and more as we continue. So that's the AFC side of it. That's the Pittsburgh side of it. 
Now let's go to the Washington side of it. Bubba, we're going to skip to that because I have Sal Pal coming up in a few minutes and I want to make sure I get this in. The Washington football team and its head coach, Ron Rivera, genuinely is one of the great stories in sports. In a year where we should be looking for more feel-good stories, Ron Rivera and his team should be one of them. Let me count the ways. The obvious one is Alex Smith. And we did an entire series on, you know what happened with him. They should rename the Comeback Player of the Year Award, the Alex Smith Award. The man almost lost his leg. He almost lost his life. And now here he is, perhaps leading this team to a a division championship and a playoff berth. That's the easy one. Ron Rivera's cancer battle, diagnosed with cancer right at the beginning of the season. Didn't miss a day. Didn't miss a practice. Team rallying around him. One of the most liked and respected people in sports. That's another one you know about. But just look at what this team has been through. And the players I'm talking about, I'm not talking about ownership and leadership. They're the ones who did it. That's one of the worst organizations in sports in recent years. They clung to a name that people thought was offensive. They finally had to get rid of it under enormous pressure. They have gotten one thing after another wrong, rifled through coaches and front offices and the owner meddling and just generally being one of the least liked and respected people in sports. And what does he do? He goes out and he hires Ron Rivera and says, basically, you do all of it. You deal with all of it. Ron Rivera may not get coach of the year, and he probably doesn't deserve to, but he should probably get NFL person of the year. When you look at everything that was dumped in his lap, all of the the sexual harassment claims and all of the, the horrendous, hideous stuff that was around that team, all that reporting and all that talk and all those stories just dumped at the lap of Ron Rivera. The basic response of Dan Snyder seemed to be, you deal with it, Ron. And you know what he did? He did. He has given that organization respectability. He, ha- he, he walks in with his head held high, and I think he makes everyone feel better about them. And the less you hear from Dan Snyder, the more people are going to like that team. And right now, they give you a lot of things to like. And they do have the single best unit of any team in the NFC East. That front seven for Washington is dangerous. And Ron Rivera, after the game, let me let you hear from him. He was fired up after that win last night. Here was Ron Rivera. You know, in spite of some of the decisions I made today, you know, they played their ass off. This really does rank up there just because of the fact, of, you know, who we beat. We beat them in Pittsburgh. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, That you know, that, that's one of the story franchises as well in this league. So to come in and win, you know, that was big for our guys. I'm real proud of them. Ron Rivera is a terrific human being. As much as you think you'd like him if you knew him, I'm telling you, if you actually knew him, you'd like him even more. I've known Ron Rivera since he was a player, a good linebacker, and primarily a special teams guy uh, on the Bears. He was on the 85 Bears, and he was still there in the 90s when I was around that team. And he's a great person and has been a great coach for a long time, did a great job in Carolina, got that team to a Super Bowl, and he will do big things in Washington because they have got the makings of something special. Question's going to be, who's their quarterback going to be? Alex Smith is a great story, but he's not the answer there for the next five years. So the question is, who is it that's ready to take that team forward next year when I think they will go in as one of the favorites? They remind you a lot of San Francisco, the 49er team that built it around all these first-round picks on that defensive front. They've got a good young receiver, that a good, good young running back, find themselves the right quarterback, and they're going to be very good and very dangerous. And one more quick thing. 
How about Alex Smith absconding from the field with the football yesterday? Was that spectacular? If you didn't see it, the way the first half ends, the reason the officials stopped the clock, which they should not have done, by the way, that should have been a delay of game penalty on Alex Smith. But he pushed it to the limit and he won. He runs off the field with the football after getting sacked as his field goal unit is running out there to try and get a kickoff with no timeouts left. Smith takes the football. The officials stop the clock because they don't have a ball to kick with. They call for the K ball, as they call it, the special kicking ball. But if the clock is running, they're supposed to just kick the ball that they're playing with. But Alex Smith ran off the field with a smile on his face. And then he was on SVP last night, and, and, and Scotty asked him about it. And Alex Smith, because of the mask, you couldn't see the wry smile. But he gave you every single reason and every single indication to know that while he can't admit it, he did that on purpose. It was a great moment. And you know what it was? It was an example of something wonderful. Crafty veterans do crafty veteran things and then lie about them. That's a tale as old a time in sports. And he did it great. So that was one of last night's game. Uh, we will get to the other one as we continue here this morning. Going to be very busy with you. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Sal Palantonio going to join me here on the Shell Penzo Performance Line in a moment. And I invite you, as always, to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We'll take the calls a little later. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. I would be shocked if Doug Peterson goes back to Carson Wentz. This opportunity for Carson Wentz to go out and take his damn job back, he needs to go get it. Does this mean Carson Wentz history is over in Philly? Possibly. The question is, what does that mean for 2021? Those are all the questions about Philadelphia. We will go in search of the answers. Whenever we want to know the answers about things in Philly, we turn to our friend Sal Palantonio, who, as promised, joins us here on ESPN Radio. He's covering Ravens-Cowboys tonight, so we'll get to that as well. Hello, Sal. Michael, how are you today? I'm great, and I want you to help me. Okay, I'm going to play what Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, said yesterday at his press conference uh, about his quarterback decision, and then I want you to interpret it for us all. Okay, so for those who haven't heard it, I love the way he said this. This was Eagles head coach Doug Peterson yesterday. Not prepared right now to uh, make any... uh statement or decisions on on that you know I'm, I'm still processing a lot of uh, a lot of things and going through a lot of things before i make that decision so that uh when i know you'll know sure sure i'm not asking it, what the decision is but what goes into that decision uh i would like to keep those private so that's just between me and me <laughs> it's between me and me sal so you know doug peterson real well what should we take from that and what should we expect to happen well, I think it's pretty clear he has decided to move on from Carson Wentz and go with Jalen Hurts. He just doesn't know how to do it yet or, or announce it yet. Uh, I would be blown away. I think everybody here in Philadelphia, I'm on my way down to Baltimore, you're right for tonight's game, but I think everybody here in the Philly area would be blown away if he starts Carson Wentz in this game. What you saw from Jalen Hurts was a guy who electrified uh, a moribund football team. That team came alive when Jalen Hurts was on the field. Jalen Hurts moved around in the pocket, got out of the pocket, threw the ball on the run, energized the football team. I think more than anything, he can't go back to Carson Wentz for that very reason. Let's, let's go through it, Mike. So Carson Wentz addresses the team. 
early last week. Then Doug Peterson has a meeting with team leaders Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Carson Wentz, and they discuss accountability, everybody being accountable on the field. And then Doug Peterson decides, down 23-3, to to remove Carson Wentz from a game in which Carson Wentz was clearly lost and had no answers. So I think it's pretty clear that the meeting he had with Kelsey and Brandon Graham midweek after Carson Wentz addressed the team was basically the signal that he needed from his leaders that something needed to be done at the quarterback position and it needed to be done this is why we have Sal on, because this is such excellent insight and stuff that I didn't know. So in the short term, we expect the decision to be Hurts. How about the long I would, term? I, I would be shocked if it weren't Hurts. If, if he goes back to Carson Wentz, I think he, um, I think he's in danger of losing his locker room. I really do. No, I get that. The players what I mean years. is I long term. I mean, I'm, well, well, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about next it's, year. It's hard, you know, it's hard to predict. It's hard to predict. A lot of factors go into it, right? Number one, uh, if they don't win another game and, they, and he finishes 3-13, and 13, does the head coach make a decision, uh, does the owner make a decision to get rid of Doug Peterson? I don't think that's going to happen, but it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Two, how well does Jalen Hurts play? So is the opposite happen? Does Jalen Hurts play well enough where the team wins a couple of ball games down the stretch. And what does that say about the head coach who decided to leave Jalen Hurts on the sidelines for so long and watch his team languish and the energy evaporate within his organization? I mean, there's a lot of factors. And the biggest thing is the cap number at $59 million next year for Carson Wentz. What happens in the offseason with any kind of contractual restructuring for the quarterback. I mean, there's so many unanswered questions Mm -hmm. that it's very hard to predict what happens uh, with Carson Wentz and the Eagles. But for all intents and purposes, they need to – he needs to reclaim his locker room now by going to Jalen Hurts versus Taysom Hill, a game we will cover this weekend, obviously, in Philadelphia. Yeah, it should be fascinating. I'm actually going to have Sean Payton on in a couple of minutes to talk about that. But quick, Sal, I've got one minute left. You mentioned you're on your way. Baltimore-Dallas tonight, the rare Tuesday game. What's the one most important thing we're looking for? Well, I think the energy of the Ravens. I just talked to somebody in the organization, and they described the team as anxious to play, anxious to get back on the field. They realized they lost to Pittsburgh primarily because Lamar Jackson did not play in that game. Michael, they had the worst outbreak of COVID of any team, any sports organization, professional sports organization in North America. Mm-hmm. They had 30-plus staff, coaches, and players test positive. They still have four players on the COVID-19 list, including two Pro Bowls. As Dick Cast, the president of the team, said, they had four different strains of COVID that they had to deal with. And so this has ravaged this football team. They have, this, you know, they are so anxious to get back on the field with their quarterback and play in this game on national television on a Tuesday night. I'm really interested to see the energy that they have playing against the Cowboys team that is trying to get back on track.
Yeah, and a Cowboys team that hasn't played in 12 days. Should be really good to watch. Sal, thank you. Let's talk again soon. I appreciate it, as always. Thank you, Michael. That's Sal Palantonio on his way again to cover Ravens and Cowboys and always with as much insight into the Eagles as any person you could ever imagine. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny back with you at half past the hour on ESPN Radio. We are presented, as always, by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Bubba's playing Beatles music today. Today is the 40th anniversary of the day that John Lennon was murdered outside of the Dakota, which is an apartment building on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And I'm going to set aside a little time later this morning on this show to talk about that at some length. Um, because as I posted today, there is probably not an artist, and I consider musicians, particularly those who write music, to be artists. I'm, I'm fascinated by art. I try to be a creative person. I couldn't create anything one, one millionth of what John Lennon did in his life, of course. But um, creative people, people who can paint, people who can write music, people who can write books and things, um, I'm, I'm in awe of their talent. And, and, and in the history of human civilization, I'm not sure that there are many whose work has inspired me or from whom I have derived more joy than from John Lennon's. Um, and I'm old enough to remember the day that he got killed. So we will talk about that a little bit later. I'm told that Sean Payton is going to be just a little bit delayed. So we will bring him into the program as soon as he's ready to go. And in the interim, we will talk about the other game from last night, which should not be described as the other game. And I'm shouting you out, hashtag Bills Mafia. Your team is for real. I admitted this about four weeks ago on this show, and I will do it again. I was dead wrong on the Bills and dead wrong on your quarterback. I thought that they were putting things together with a really good coaching staff around their quarterback and coming up with ways to make him effective. And do you know what I based that on? 
I base that on his first two years when I believe that was true. And it's a sign of great coaching. They saw the skill set that Josh Allen brought with him from college, which is a big arm and the ability to run, and they utilized those two and didn't try and put him in positions where he couldn't succeed. But you know what they've done since then? They've developed him brilliantly. And so what Josh Allen is, that performance you watched last night on Monday Night Football against a still pretty good San Francisco defense. I understand the 49ers are banged up, but that's still a pretty good defense. And that performance you watched from Josh Allen last night can be described as a finished product and a colossal organizational success. And Josh Allen is now no longer, forget about being a quarterback they're trying to win around. He is now legitimately in the MVP conversation. He's not going to win it, nor should he. To me, the MVP is Mahomes. Rodgers is second. No one is third. And then you start debating who else is, who deserves to be in the honorable mention. And that will be names like Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. And maybe Allen right now ahead of either of those other two. Allen is flat out great. And again, he is the product of having done everything right. You know, I use that a lot. You know what's the product of having done everything right? Were you fortunate enough to see Hamilton? If you had the chance to see it on Broadway, as I was fortunate enough to do, or you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. I've always described Hamilton, which I think is one of the great artistic achievements I've ever seen in my life, as being an example of what happens when you get everything right. When the writing is unbelievable, the performances are unbelievable, the casting is unbelievable. When everything is perfect, you get something like Hamilton, which is a work of art beyond belief. That's kind of what Josh Allen is. He came in like a, 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 a big lump of clay for them to mold, and you could have gotten him wrong a hundred different ways, but they didn't. They brought him along at the right pace. They prioritized his development while still winning games. They made the playoffs last year. And now they've got it at a place where Josh Allen looks like he's going to be a quarterback that you will be good enough to win championships with, that he is going to be a quarterback that can carry you like the elite quarterbacks in the NFL do. And that is what you get when you get everything right. So Sean McDermott and everybody over there, Dayball and that whole group, they have done a brilliant job. Congratulations. That is an organizational success story. It is the opposite of what we've seen, in, among other examples, from what they've done in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky, from what they've done in New York with Sam Darnold, the two obvious examples who are about Allen's age. Uh, Darnold came out in the same draft as Allen, and Trubisky came out a year before. Those two guys have been ruined, and they, they are going to try and pick up the scraps of their career wherever it is they go next. Josh Allen has been developed, and it is a success story non-parel, and it makes them a legit contender. And Greg McElroy, I thought, made an excellent comparison this morning on Get Up when he said this. If you look at the numbers and how they stack up through 12 games, Josh Allen is actually significantly better than Cam Newton was in his MVP season. Touchdowns, completion percentage, total yardage are all very comparable. And the fact that he takes care of the football, he's Cam Newton, but more accurate. It's remarkable to watch this young man's development. He's Cam Newton, but more accurate. Allow yourself to think about that for a minute. He also doesn't take the same volume of hits that Cam Newton did at his peak, which is why Cam Newton finds himself where he is now in, in this precipitous decline at an age where so many quarterbacks are still effective. Josh Allen has made himself a great player. And again, that you give credit to the organization, you give credit to him. 
And it brings up two questions in my mind, two things that I think are worth considering. In fact, let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The first question is this. If we all believe Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC, who's the team that is their biggest threat to them? It starts with Pittsburgh because, at least as of right now, Pittsburgh has home field advantage and a bye on their side if those two teams wind up meeting in the playoffs. They both have to get there, obviously, but the Steelers, they certainly have earned the right to be there. But how about the Bills? How about the Buffalo Bills? Because if you think the Kansas City Chiefs have the best offense in football, I'm here to tell you you're wrong, and I can prove it. The Chiefs' passing offense is ranked number two in the NFL this year. The Bills are one. The Chiefs' rushing offense is ninth this year. The Bills are three in their success rates. The Bills' offense has been more successful this year than the Chiefs' offense. And they've played good teams. And they get a crack at Pittsburgh Sunday night on national TV. Boy, will that open a lot of eyes if they're able to win that game. And I definitely think that they can. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. The other question that it brings up that I think is really good for big picture discussion. Ask yourself this. Ask your friends this. When we look back on the quarterback class of now three years ago, Baker Mayfield went first. I'm just going to do the order in which the quarterbacks went, not the, the number that they were picked. Baker Mayfield went first. Sam Darnold went second. Josh Allen went third. Josh Rosen went fourth. And Lamar Jackson went fifth. If you could start a team with any of those quarterbacks right now, who would you start with? At the beginning of the season, you would have been laughed out of a room for asking that question. Lamar Jackson was coming off a unanimous MVP year. I don't think anyone would be laughing if you suggested that right now, the answer might be Josh Allen. Ask yourself, which one would you start a team with as you watch them play? We saw Josh Allen last night. We will see Lamar tonight against Dallas. And we'll see what happens the last quarter of the season. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Still no James Harden with the Rockets at training camp. This has put a pall over the entire organization, especially for a first-year head coach in Steven Silas. Um, I've been in situations before where we had to hold out. All right, we got trouble. Houston, we've got trouble. And we're going to get to that in just a couple of moments. We're playing nothing but... John Lennon's music today on the 40th anniversary of the day that we lost one of the great artists in the history of his or candidly 
any art form. Uh, and so, again, today, the 40-year anniversary of that. We'll talk more about that as we go. And I'm told that Sean Payton will join us off the top of the hour. So the head coach of the New Orleans Saints will be live in 14 minutes here on ESPN Radio Coast to Coast. In the meantime, we had a great little note before I get to the Harden business. We had a great little note on TV this morning that I wanted to share with you, and that is because Alex Smith's success story could take a fascinating turn. Alex Smith has a chance, if he is able to guide Washington into the playoffs, to start at quarterback for three different teams in the postseason. Not too many quarterbacks have ever done that. And, of course, he started in the playoffs for San Francisco and then Kansas City. And now, again, if he gets Washington there, it would be his third. Do you know who the last quarterback was to start for three different teams in the playoffs? Bubba, were you watching this morning? Did you see it? Do you know it? I was not. I do not. I'm trying to think. I don't think you want to admit that. I mean, I don't think you want to acknowledge that I'm, I'm hosting a television show in the morning. You're not watching. What is it you were doing this morning that you weren't watching Get Up? You know, I was just busy. Got a lot yeah, going on. You're, you're a man with a lot of things on his plate. I understand that. You want to take a guess at the answer? I will tell you right now, I didn't get it right. Take a guess? Last quarterback to start a playoff game for three different teams. How about if I told you the teams? Uh, sure, sure. The teams were the Panthers, Giants, and Titans. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins is correct. I can give you the last few to do it. Again, Alex Smith could do it. Prior to Kerry Collins, Jeff Garcia started playoff games for three different teams, the Niners, Eagles, and Bucks. Brad Johnson started playoff games for three teams. I would have thought it was more. Vikings, Washington, and Bucks. And Dave Craig started for three different teams. Seahawks, Chiefs, and Lions in the playoffs. Again, Alex Smith could become the next to do it. We'll do more football when Sean Payton joins me in just a couple of minutes here. Greeny with you, reminding you that hiring is challenging, especially with everything else you have to consider today. But there's one place where hiring is simple and fast and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. All right. uh, The Houston Rockets don't need any advice from me, but they're going to get it anyway. And my advice is this. Trade James Harden now. If you know the movie Slapshot, then you know the reference I'm making when I say, trade me right bleeping now. Because that's what James Harden is saying. And if it wasn't 100% clear before, it was clear when he didn't show up to work out on Sunday and the new coach of the Rockets, Stephen Silas, referred to it as a holdout. Of all the notes I saw yesterday, that was the most important one. Because it had been described by everyone up until that point as, well, Harden just hasn't reported yet. And every once in a while, you'll get that. A guy hasn't reported. He's got a family situation. He's got this. He's got that. We're in a pandemic. It's a shortened off season. There were any number of reasons why you could you could plausibly say James Harden hadn't reported yet and it wasn't a holdout. But the new coach of the Rockets didn't bother saying that. He said it's a holdout. James Harden is holding out. And there was one hard, fast rule in the NBA, and that is when the superstar wants out, the superstar gets out. Look it up. Davis, comma, Anthony. Anthony, comma, Carmelo. James, comma, LeBron. These guys go. And the next one to go is going to be James Harden. And he wants to go to Brooklyn. And if he can't find a way to get to Brooklyn, then he's going to go someplace else. 
And I've got some reporting that's come down since we first came on here from Tim McMahon and Woj. James Harden has indicated to the Houston Rockets before the beginning of training camp he would be open to a trade to the 76ers or possibly other contenders, sources told ESPN. Harden, the perennial MVP candidate who's holding out a training camp, previously requested to be traded to the Nets to form a super team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I will say this, James Harden, depending on what the trade looks like, becomes the most important player in the Eastern Conference starting this minute. Because if he winds up on either of those teams, again, depending on what they have to give up to get him, that becomes the team to beat in the East. If he gets traded to Brooklyn, and that trade doesn't include Kyrie Irving, actually, let me say it this way. If he gets traded to Brooklyn, even if that trade includes Kyrie Irving, I believe Harden and Durant become the team to beat in the East. If he gets traded to Philadelphia and that trade doesn't include Simmons or Embiid, then I believe the Sixers become the team to beat in the East. So James Harden, who is currently disgruntled and technically a member of the Houston Rockets, is officially the most important player in the Eastern Conference right now. And again, my unsolicited advice to the Rockets is just trade him. This will not get better. It will get worse. And obviously, he's done great things there. You've had a great relationship, but it's over. In the NBA, when these things end, they end. And the best thing you can do is move on as quickly as possible. Because the longer it goes, every day that goes by, the Rockets, I believe, lose a little tiny bit of leverage. So I think because he can make it uglier and uglier and worse and worse. By not showing up and who knows what he'll start to say. So they need to make a deal quickly. I will not be surprised. In fact, I'll go the other way. I will be surprised if that is not a deal that we hear about being done. Just follow Woj's Twitter feed. There will be a Woj bomb at some point in the next, call it two weeks, that starts with the words, Superstar James Harden has been traded to thee. And the question is, what words come after thee? It could be Nets, it could be 76ers, it could be somebody else. But that's my advice to you, Houston. Trade this guy. He's already gone. You just don't know it yet. Sean Payton, Coach of the Saints, live next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.